If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out now. No doubt now. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa F, Fubo League Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Guessing lines for a Monday morning. Gil Alexander, Jeff Barlay, producer number five and eight, is here. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. You good? Good weekend? I'm I'll good. Ju- I nearly just knocked over my. Uh... My sound system in front of me here uh, that, uh, that I need in order to make sure you're on the air. But other than that, we're good. Eh, who needs me? You know who they need. They need the star of Guessing Lines. My mishpucha, Christy Andrews, who's uh, alongside here. The South Point Hotel Casino doing some work already on his uh, phone. Yeah, I'm texting. <laughs> i got to clear something up quick. I don't want to interrupt anything. We'll, we'll t- Sorry. We'll talk about other things before we get to you. Survivor, let's start there. Five eliminated in Circus Survivor. So it goes from 28 left out of 4,080 entries to 23 left out of 4,080. As five go down with the Minnesota Vikings, which we'll get to when we get to that game, each of the remaining 23 with an intrinsic remaining value of $260,869.57. Two remain with two entries. So 21 different people out of those 23. One of the five to be eliminated was my buddy Joe Pita who will come on the show, can't do it this week, but will come on the show next week and go through the whole process of how he uh, secured money. Oh, he did. Despite the loss. Well, Joe's a smart guy. Joe's a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say what Joe did, uh, I'm going to guess less than 1% would have done. It's a fascinating sort of journey to go through. I lived through it vicariously with him yesterday. Yeah. Slumped in my chair when that touchdown was scored. Uh, the Jared Goff pass late, which we'll get to. Uh, but we'll, we'll, he'll be on there to tell that whole story because it's a great, great lesson in finances. If you're ever in this position uh, late in a Survivor or any other kind of contest, but Survivor specifically. And 
That's not all. Let's just put it that way. That was only part of his weekend. We'll get to that. That's next week. Okay. Spanky will be on the show next week. Next week's a big week here on the show. Uh, now you're, you're here with us. You good? You got all that taken care of? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. There's a few things going on. <laughs> I know, I'm good. I understand. Uh, you guys probably had a spectacular Saturday, I'm guessing. Yes. Well, I, I wouldn't call it spectacular. It was really good. Really good. Yeah. It was really yeah, good. Yesterday? Huh. I guess we'll call it break even. We had a very small loss. Like I said, five figures. <laughs> That's yeah. breaking even. I talked to Michael Gawain last night. He says, boy, is that all we lost? Because I'll take it. I said, yeah. I said, Once again, superior bookmaking. That's what we You did. lost a ham sandwich, as they say. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a, a pretty nice ham sandwich. You'd yeah. have to send to Parma to get the good, <laughs> good ham that they've been aging for 18 months. But, yeah. I can't believe we're at week 14. But here we are. Football, you wait for football, you wait for football, and then you blink, and it's like, oh, college football is going to bowl season. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that briefly today. Obviously, the uh, playoff, just a couple things to say about that. But let's start with week 14. And in doing so, if you're tuning in for the first time, what this is is a tribute to the old Stardust radio show. And uh, we, I, I'm in a cocoon. I guess the lines. Chrissy has not put up the line here at the South one. He will do so right after the show. And in that sort of exercise, we'll try to extract value, first look value of the upcoming week's line. Jeff, we start with Thursday, sir. I don't get to uh, make up the fictional lines like we uh, thought we might do for everybody today. We thought Christy was going to be late. <laughs> so we thought we would do a show where I guess the line and Jeff would be an outrageous bookmaker who was like two touchdowns off. I'm putting up 16, Gil. I don't like your two and a half. Well, a game, if it were 16, we'd probably find a way to lose it anyway with these two teams. Pittsburgh and Minnesota on Thursday night. Oh, wow. I'm glad we have this first. I don't know if we have enough time. Pittsburgh 6-5-1, and one, Minnesota 5-7. and seven. Boy, making a line for this is just for this game is ridiculous. First of all, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh beats Baltimore. Pittsburgh is now 6-1-1 one one in one-possession games this year. Wow. I didn't realize that. They are the anti-Vikings. Uh, Baltimore went for two down 20 to 19 with 12 seconds left. And we know what happened there. We'll talk about it more when we get to Baltimore, but uh, they could not convert. And Pittsburgh holds on after a comeback. Two Big Ben to Deontay Johnson touchdowns. Big Ben 21 of 31 for 236, two touchdowns, no picks, sack once. Najee 21 for 71 on the ground, five catches for 36. Deontay eight catches for 105 in those two touchdowns. But TJ Watt disrupted that final two point conversion attempt by the Ravens just enough. To, uh, to get the job done. Three and a half sacks for T.J. Watt, a forced fumble, and that disrupted two-point conversion. Uh, Ten to nine, Chris Boswell missed an extra point attempt to tie the game. This is early fourth quarter, 14.01 left. Tried to tie the game up at 10. It was so wide that it went into the stands. <laughs> yeah, what, that was a, that was was, a terrible, terrible kick. I don't that? know what he was doing there. He's the third kicker this year to miss a game-tying PAT in the fourth quarter, but as... Uh, as we said, uh, Baltimore ends up uh, failing the two-point conversion at the end, so Pittsburgh holds them off 20-19. to 19. We'll talk more about it when we get to Baltimore. Minnesota loses to the Lions. Minnesota drops to 5-7. and seven. They, by contrast to the Steelers, who are 6-1-1 and one in one-possession games this year, Minnesota has lost all seven of their games by a combined 28 points, all by one possession. Wow. First half, Minnesota had five drives into Lions territory, Punt, fumble, two field goals, loss of downs. So they trail 20 to 6 of the half. People like Joe had already written it off at that point, who had Minnesota. Uh, but they took their first lead at 27 to 23 with just under two minutes left after Detroit 
That's after Detroit went for it fourth and one at their own 28 with 4.08 left up 23 to 21. And Goff went back to pass. First of all, you're like, oh, my God, they're passing. Oh, my God, Goff can't find anybody. Oh, my God, maybe he does. Oh, my God, he's holding on to it too long. Oh, my God, they're going to lose again. I don't know if that was in your head, but that was in my head. Well, I had one of my very, very good friends texting me at the time. He says, I, I bet Minnesota in game, and he's like, it, glorious. He's going to win his bet. You know, and I said, well, I, let's hang on because they find a lot of ways to lose. I know Detroit does, but so does Minnesota. The strip sack that resulted, uh, Minnesota converts, and they're up 27 to 23. They failed the two-point conversion. So you figure with less than two minutes left, same old Lions. Well... Same old Vikings, too. Yeah. They give up a 14-play, 75-yard draft, uh, drive rather, that ends in a golf to Brown, uh, to a golf to, uh, to St. Brown touchdown on fourth and two at the 11 with no time left on the clock. Four seconds when the play began, no time left. Xavier Woods, the safety, was guarding the negative five-yard line <laughs> in the end zone. He's backing up. <laughs> they showed the replay. He's backing up. Well, and Cameron Dantzler, the corner, is like, let me give you as much cushion as humanly possible. Sure, why not? Why not? What's on the we line? We want here? you to break it, break away for a long gainer. Oh my God! Like I said, I was at the uh, at the at the game yesterday, the Raiders Washington game, and I uh, we had the red zone in front of us, and I just slumped in my chair, just living through through Joe, Kirk Cousins, thirty of forty for three forty, two touchdowns, no picks, sacked three times, two of six on the ground with a fumble loss because he always does. Madison in relief of Cook, 22 of 90 in a touchdown. Jefferson was amazing, 11 for 182 in a touchdown. What was this game? Pittsburgh at Minnesota? How do you possibly make a line for this game? I mean, besides Minnesota minus three. Isn't it Minnesota minus three? What do you know? That's what my numbers come up with. Minnesota minus three. Uh, I see... uh... You know, it's it's basically three with a little juice on the favorite, or I see three and a half with juice on the dog. I'm going to open three. If they bet me, then we'll go with that. But this does have close game written all over it. So I think numbers, you know, we always talk, well, we often talk about how the number doesn't matter. You need to pick the winner. You know, it seems inordinately that that is the case. 83% since 1978 regular yeah, season. Right. Spread doesn't matter. Uh, spread might matter here. This, this should be a tight one because both these teams play very, very close. <laughs> Pittsburgh do. winds up on the winning end and then Minnesota winds up on the losing end. But I come with three. That's what I'm going to open the game. And, uh, you know, we'll see if Minnesota finds a way to blow this one like they have many times. Your Steelers are 6-5-1. and one. Like, do you treat them like they're a playoff team? Do you yeah, consider no, them No, I way? have them. I, I, and like I say, you know, a lot of people are saying three just because it's kind of a blanket number, blah, blah, blah. I only give Minnesota one point for home field advantage, which I'm that's probably what I'm doing for most teams. So that means that uh, they'd be like two points better than the Steelers despite having a worse record. And that that's the way my power ratings are working on this game. I You know, listen, I'd love to see the Steelers rally. They had that brief little... Uh, what was it, a four-game winning streak? But the defense, I thought, really played well. You mentioned T.J. Watt. I'll tell you what, it's hard to think of a linebacker being one of the most important players in this league, but he is. It's a whole different team when he's out there on the field. They, the defense played really well, and a lot of it was T.J. Watt. Twelve of the 16 teams in the AFC have four, five, or six losses. The top 12 seeds yeah. have either four, five, or six losses. Well, Steelers. we'll get to Baltimore. They were number one going in. What are they now? They're, 
Well, if if the Bills win tonight, I think Tennessee becomes the number one seed again. Yeah. And if New England wins, New England remains the number one seed. I think Tennessee yeah. is second, I believe. Baltimore is third and Kansas City fourth currently, obviously, yeah. after this coming week. This is the last week of buys coming up. Yeah. And we'll get to Baltimore a little later, but they, they, they're just not that good. They've won they're with smoke and mirrors, you know, mostly with uh, Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson leading them. Yeah, and that, and that was the thing yesterday, too. Well, we were, again, we were at the ballgame, so we didn't have the, the uh, benefit of audio. But when they were going for two there, down 20 to 19, Baltimore, I sort of wondered, like, why would they go for two here? Why would they go? And then you find out later, John Harbaugh, at least I found yeah. out later, that Marlon Humphrey and other cornerbacks have been so decimated in this game that John Harbaugh just decided this was our best shot here. Mm-hmm. We don't want to endure an extra frame without yeah. our corners. Well, I've, since we've been doing this podcast, I've told you I think Harbaugh is the second-best coach in the league. So regardless of the outcome, I would not dispute Harbaugh. He knows his team a lot better than you and I do, and that was the way he, he wanted does. to go, and I would, uh, I would respect that and endorse it. This is Steelers at Vikings, though, as we go to break here. Honestly, like I can't imagine a matchup in the NFL where making a line is more ridiculous. Because you're right, they both, we just said it in the stats, they both play really? one possession games. There's a whole bunch of games like that. <laughs> I don't know, about? but these two teams, they're the most ridiculous. We'll do a whole Sunday slate. Four buys, though. So not a whole last week with the buys in the National Football League. Week 14. Settle on it. Guessing lines on a numbers game at VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, live from the South. Gil Alexander, Chrissy Andrews, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Obviously, the uh, college football playoff is set. And what do you know? When all is said and done, all day, and we brought up rankings from time to time, but all those all those hours of content people are using, complaining about college rankings, oh, what do you know how it worked out? No one has an argument with the four that are there at the end. Uh, no, I don't, and nor should there be. No. Everyone's in, I mean, it's about as uniform an agreement as you can get. Yeah, sure, some really. people, there are some people who might be like, well, really, Georgia shouldn't have fallen out of the top four? There's a little of that. But genuinely, generally speaking, it's about as uniform an agreement of the four teams. Now, you may quibble with where they were seated in the end, but I, I, I pretty much figured it would be these four in this, in this order um, prior to Sunday morning. So that's the one thing where it's like, let that be a lesson. Don't let the games play out before you go nuts. Now, that said, I do want to say this. Did you see the selection show on Sunday morning? Did you catch, and I love Kirk Herbstreit, but did you catch how he had a little snark about the committee? Did you see it goes, oh, I thought a group of five couldn't get in there. It's like, all right, man, come on. One team in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe we should cut back By the on way, that. you know, when I yeah. put those four, four-way prop, you know, Bear convinced me because you got to put Cincinnati in as one of the teams. What would, Do you remember the group that had Cincinnati in it? <laughs> Cincinnati and Alabama. In the same one. Yeah, in the same one. I can't remember who else was in there. But Bear told me, he says, you got to put in Cincy. Bears and other guys. Like, play out the games first before you complain about it. It's true. Bear... I, I don't know how he follows every single sport in the world so well. I really don't know how he has time to do that. We we counted how many sports we've talked about on a numbers game with Bear, and it is literally eight or nine. Yeah. Well, I believe it. I went out, we had dinner. You couldn't make it on Thursday yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, but I love the Bear. I really do. I do. He's great, great, great guy. guy. I'm so glad he and I have become friends. And you too, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really he's a terrific guy. And really, really smart. Oh, 100%. I mean, his bank of knowledge is so deep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a new book that we should probably oh, mention yeah. here, too. 
we mentioned it for the first time yesterday, but for those who missed it, not yesterday, last week, pardon yeah. me, but for those who missed it, then one day becomes... Then one year, I want, you know, and if anybody, it's an old book, but it's, you know, guys my age, I read it again recently, it's fascinating. Larry Merchant had a year of betting football, 1973, the year the Miami goes undefeated. And that was kind of my inspiration for having, you know, then one year, a year in the life of a bookmaker, because everybody always wants to know, how'd the book do? How'd the book do? Everybody asks you that. So I figured, let's walk you through for a whole year. And then... 2020 came, and it was not a typical year. No. So uh, guys that are looking for a book to be exactly like then one day, it's not going to be that. It's going to be way different. There's a lot of stuff that happened. But like I said, you know, my you know, publisher, Anthony Curtis, his editor, Dee Castleman, uh, they, they loved the writing, and they wanted me to, um, to continue, even though it was not anywhere near what we planned. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. Tried to inject as much humor as I could into it. There's not a lot of humorous stuff that happened in 2020, but, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a fascinating journey, and I think history, from my perspective, from bookmaker's perspective, could easily have been lost. There'll be a lot of stuff about the pandemic and politics and all that, but for us and our lives, this will walk you through it, and there'll be a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, I remember Can't when wait. that happened. I remember that. I remember that. So. Can't wait to read that. And it's available how? How do people get it? Well, right now, uh, go to Hunting and Press, or, you know, I have a, a, a pinned tweet on my Twitter page. It's not ready on Amazon yet. It was supposed to be out, well, originally supposed to be out in October, then November, then December 1st. What's today? December 6th? Yeah. And it's not out yet. So it should be out any day now, Anthony tells me. Any day. Okay. Go to your Twitter, Andrew Sports. Yeah, and there's a the link. There's a link to get the Huntington Press. You could order. There. Perfect. Okay. Jeffrey, what's next? We're going we're gonna to change the order a little bit today because of... Uh, because of, of factors that are beyond our control today, Gil. So the next game is a, a doozy of a football game. The Saints at the Jets. All right, Saints coming off uh, extra rest. They lose to Dallas on Thursday night. Taysom Hill was 19 of 41 for 264 in that game. Two touchdowns, four interceptions, as we recall. Uh, two sacks, 11 carries for 101. But the Saints were minus three in turnovers in that game. Those four interceptions ruling the day. Jets. Lose yesterday, oh my God, to the to the Philadelphia Eagles. The first six drives of the Eagles' 33 to 18 win over the Jets yesterday were all touchdowns. Three for the Eagles, three for the Jets. The only difference was that the Jets missed two extra points. Kessman missed two extra points, and then they tried to you know chase them with the two point conversion, and that failed. So instead of 21-21, it's 21 to 18 in favor of the Eagles. Jets did have a nice moment in there. Fourth and goal at the one, down 14 to 12, 926 left in the second quarter. A little Wilson touchdown pass that made it 18 to 14. But as I said, 21 to 18 after the first six possessions. Four Philadelphia field goals the rest of the way. They allowed Gardner Minshew to start 11 of 11 for 165 with two touchdowns, no picks, and two sacks. Minshew finished 20 of 25 for 242 with those two touchdowns and no picks and two sacks. Zach Wilson, 23 of 38 for the Jets in defeat, 226, two touchdowns, one pick, sack twice. Elijah Moore, one carry for nine yards, six catches for 77 and a touchdown. They were out time of possession, 35-36 to 24-24 were the Jets. All of that to say, New Orleans, I don't know, minus four and a half at the Jets? Well, it's pretty much a blanket six. My numbers come to seven. Six. Ooh. But I got to tell you, I'm... Well, if Kamara is playing, maybe it's six. 
Well, he means a lot to this team, yeah. obviously. But Taysom Hill, I was looking. I did QBRs, of course. You know, I try to mention him as often as I can. This was 28.3. I thought it'd be like about 11. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. I mean, yeah, I thought he was horrible. You know, and I mean, I just don't think he's a starting NFL quarterback. You know, no one else but the Saints do. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking back to the old days, uh, uh, you know, when um, uh, God help me, Slash for the Steelers. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. We, you know, he was a very valuable tool. They used him very well, and I think Taysom Hill could be the same guy. Uh, but he's not an NFL starting quarterback. Uh, so, But that being said, the Jets' defense is beyond atrocious. I don't know what to say about it. And Salah was supposed to be this defensive guru, and I think he still might be if he gets the right guys in place. But their defense right now is horrible. Anyway, my numbers come to seven. Um mm. You know, I'm an open six. If I see it trending higher, I'm going to go higher. But I don't, I don't. I just don't have much faith in this New Orleans team. Not just not much faith. I, I and I mentioned it a couple times this year. I don't know where to put them. They have some really good games and then some horrible games. And they looked. They lost by what ten to the Cowboys. They should have lost by a million. Yeah. You know. But um, so I'm going to use six right now. But if I see it trending higher, I'm going to go higher. I really don't think you could bet it until you know about Kamara. You you would assume Kamara is ready for this, but you just don't know. You never know with these guys. You yeah. just don't know. Next. If New Orleans is smart, they don't throw a pass in that game. <laughs> just run. Just run at every single play <laughs> uh, against that jet, uh, that jet defense that's still terrible. Another good one, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Tennessee idle. Like I said, if Buffalo wins tonight, Tennessee's back to the number one seed in the AFC. Jacksonville loses yet again. Trevor Lawrence in defeat, 16 of 28 for 145. No touchdowns, no picks, sack times, and uh, sack twice, I should say, in Jacksonville's defeat at the hands of the Rams, 37 to 7. This was no football game, pardon me, whatsoever. Jacksonville with a total of 14 first downs. They were outgained 418, pardon me, 418 to 197. And of the 197, 136 was passing and 61 was rushing. Minus two in turnovers. Tennessee by 10. Uh, well, you're closer than nine. My numbers came to 12. Um, I see a 10 and a half. Uh, boy, I, might, I think I might open this one 11. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to open this one 11. The Jaguars just look so bad. That's another team, whatever they lost by. They could have lost by a million. I mean, yeah. they just, just didn't show up. This team, um, you, you, you're talking about a rookie a rookie coach, even though he's been around in the college game forever, a rookie quarterback. Um, I, you know, I still I like the quarterback. I think he's going to be okay. Coaching, I just don't know. It's just a bad organization. Um, like I said, they just look abysmal. Tennessee coming off the bye. I don't know if that'll help them or not. I think they will because they had that they had a lot of injury problems. I think <clears throat> I think they're getting Julio Jones back here at least. Yeah, so I'm going to lean to the high end here instead of ten and a half, which it is. Uh, virtually everywhere. I'm going to open 11 and see if guys want to take a bite on it. I don't think they will, but I'm going to open 11. Tennessee with five football games left. Again, could be the number one seed tonight. We'll see. Uh, if not, they're still in the in the top sure. couple seeds. But like I said, they had a million injuries. I think the week off is definitely going to help them. Well, I mean, they haven't had Derrick Henry, obviously. They're hoping to get him back for the postseason. Playoffs, yeah. For, yeah, for the postseason. Right. Uh, Julio Jones has been out. He was on IR. A.J. Brown currently on IR. So we're getting Julio back first, then A.J. Brown, then Derrick Henry, if all goes well. But again, the key with Tennessee is... They've beaten all the good teams. They have the easy part of their they schedule do. moving forward. Now, that didn't help them against against the Texans the other day, but they were without their three top offensive weapons, so we'll see. 
You got it at 11? That's what you're putting us? I'm going to open 11, yeah. All right. We'll come back. More guessing lines. Week number 14 in the National Football League. Trying to extract some value. Eh, None yet. None yet. None yet. Hopefully. (laughs) And I'm guessing we will have some. Coming up, numbers game, Beeson. Gil Alexander, Chrissy Andrews. It is guessing lines for week 14 in the National Football League. We continue in the early window. Jeff. Baltimore, Cleveland. Baltimore at Cleveland. Speaking of the Ravens, let's go through that again. Lamar on that final drive of the game. Lamar Jackson against the Steelers. Final drive, 6 of 7 for 69 yards. Ending in a touchdown on that final possession. But they went for 2 down 20 to 19 because Marlon Humphrey and other cornerbacks were hurt. And T.J. Watt just... T.J. Watt was not fooled one bit by the play call. So he sort of blocks the lane, if you will, just enough to disrupt the pass and not make it a clean one to Mark Andrews. It deflects off Mark Andrews' pass. 12 seconds left. Big Ben with another career comeback, even at this stage of his career. Lamar ends up 23 of 37 for 253. One touchdown, one pick. Sacks seven times. Eight carries for 50, 55 yards. Ten penalties for 55 yards for the Ravens as well, even though they did have a 36-30 to 23-30 advantage in time of possession. Doesn't matter. They fall to 8-4. and four. We said when they were 8-3 and three in the number one seed, what a paper tiger. 8-4 and four now, they fall back to the pack. And they're playing uh, division rival Cleveland. Cleveland, one of those 12 teams in the AFC that have either four losses, five losses, or six losses. They're 6-6 six and six coming off a bye. I split the difference here between the 0 and the 3 and made Cleveland 1.5 because I figured... It couldn't be Cleveland minus. It couldn't be a. It couldn't be a pick'em, because then Baltimore would be six-point favorites at home against the Browns if we do the old-school home field advantage. So I said one and a half here. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, I made the Ravens one and a half. Uh, short power rating comes the Ravens one and a half. I, I. It's just a weird situation with Cleveland. They played Baltimore by Baltimore. I've never. I yeah. don't remember that ever happening. I, I don't remember that either, but I think that may give a little edge to Cleveland in this spot, you know, because they've just seen in the Baltimore. first one or the second, the one? second one. Oh, okay, so I think it gives Cleveland a little bit of an edge. So even though I didn't, my power rating came to uh, one and a half Baltimore. I, I really thought pick was probably a good opening number here. Uh, it opened last night right around the pick'em. Uh, I've I saw mostly Baltimore one. But I saw a little bit of Cleveland, even one and a half. At, uh, Circa had one and a half, and I saw Pickums. Uh, I, I kind of thought the Pickham was okay. But now this morning, uh, the market is on Cleveland. I see it up to two, even two and a half. Uh, I see uh, Pinnacle as one with a ton of juice on the favorite wow. on Cleveland. I am more proud of that guess than any other guess that yeah. I've done all year. That's just that's such a strange uh, occurrence. I think I'm going to open uh, the Browns two. Uh, with respect for the money that's showing up this morning on Cleveland, like I said, that's just that's. I'm not sure exactly how to handicap this, but I do think that does give an edge to Cleveland. You know, not numbers wise, but you know, emotionally, Baltimore beat them once, mm-hmm. lost to a big rival last night in a very very close game. That is a really bitter rivalry between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And then now here, Cleveland had a week an extra week to lick their wounds, get healthy, come up with a formidable game plan. So I think the situation greatly does favor Cleveland. So I'm going to open Cleveland, too, here. So we have we have these two 
scheduling quirks, and this is one of them, right? This is this is Cleveland taking on Baltimore for the second time in a three-week span. Yeah, they with lose, no game in between. With no game in between, right? So we never, I don't ever remember seeing I don't that. Remember before. that either. So it's Baltimore by and now Baltimore again. They lose for those who uh, forget that sixteen to ten snooze fest. Was that the Sunday night game? Yeah, I think it was the Sunday night game uh, between the Ravens remember. and the Browns couple weeks ago, or now now one week ago, I should say, but it will have been a couple weeks when they play the second time. That's one scheduling quirk. The other one we're getting, we're about to get to, which will be Washington, and we said this when the schedule came out, Washington gets Dallas-Philly, Dallas-Philly coming up, which I don't ever remember. You've seen, it's, it's rare to have the two, you know, play the same opponent twice in a three-week span, yeah. but they do it intertwined twice yeah, now. That is that I've never seen that either. Yeah, so we'll get to that momentarily. So what are you putting up here? Cleveland. I'm gonna use Cleveland too. I, I'm respecting what the market is doing with this game because I, I like I said, I've never seen this situation. Not sure hundred percent how to handle it, but I do think it does favor Cleveland in this spot. Yeah. Okay. Next. Well Gill might be playing corner for the Ravens this week too. So just just throwing that you out. You haven't there. seen my technique, Parles. <laughs> uh We'll get to your Washington football team in a second, but they're not next because we have to get Atlanta and Carolina here. Again. Oh, my God. Five and seven against five and seven. And I guess both of these teams fall in the in the hunt category. Jeez. Atlanta does not get the cover against Tampa Bay. Just couldn't get there. Try as they might. They lose 30 to 17, though I guess, you know, so much of that is that ridiculous play call the Bucks had at the end of the first half where it was a pick six which was ridiculous that the Bucks were even running a player uh, deep in their own territory at that point. But the Bucks get the cover, 30-17. to 17. Uh, Matt Ryan, 30 of 41 for 297. No touchdowns, no picks, sacked five times. Cordero Patterson, I said this last week about him and Debo, they're not going to get any MVP votes, but they are literal MVPs of their team. Yeah. Cordero, 13 for 78 on the ground, three catches for 18. And Carolina's coming off a bye. They're both 5-7. and seven. They're both atrocious. So this is kind of like the the Vikings and the Ravens to start things off. That we uh, not the Vikings, the Ravens. Pardon me, the Vikings and the Steelers. Where I said, how can you make that anything but three? How can you make this anything but a pick'em? Because Carolina is terrible. They don't have Christian McCaffrey, and Atlanta at least has a pulse. So it's a pick'em, right? No. What is it? No. Panthers three. Give me Atlanta. Okay. Why? I, you know, well, because Atlanta stinks. That's why. What yeah. about Carolina? Well, they they fired Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator, yesterday. Okay, which is weird. On a can we talk about that? Sure. You finish your thought because that's exactly what I was going to. That is, it's bizarre, right? Well, I mean, they should have fired him last Monday. Were they going to do it? You know, because they had a week off. What bringing a new offensive coordinator? Uh, They fired him yesterday. you know, I really thought that he was going to be a good fit with this team. You know, he I mean, he had that great success at LSU with Joe Burrow. Joe Brady will have people lined up to hire him. And what you said is is absolutely the weirdest part of that story. The fact that they waited, first yeah. of all, we got the announcement at 10.05 a.m. on a Sunday, right? Which is weird in and of itself. But the notion that they didn't fire him, if they were going to fire They're him. They're going to fire him. You fire him before that LSU job is filled. You ha- you fire him before all these other college jobs are filled. It seems mean spirited. Absolutely. It seems Absolutely. like it, it seems like the meanest firing timing you'll ever hear in your life, football wise. What what was that? 
Well, like I said, if you were going to fire him, why didn't you fire him last month? Yeah. Well, and, and forget about what you did to Joe Brady. What'd you do to your own team? Get your offensive coordinator. You had the off week, mm-hmm. right? Get him in there. You lost Christian McCaffrey. Uh, let's get him in here and or our new offensive coordinator in here and work on a game plan for you know which the game that we know is coming up. And yet you're telling me Carolina's favored by three? Yeah. I don't give me Atlanta. The Falcons, are, the Falcons are just so bad. I, I agree with the number. I agree with the number. I, I think the Falcons are just abysmally bad. I had Atlanta versus Tampa Bay, which didn't get so there. did I. Yeah, I like Atlanta here. Am I wrong, Jeff? I think both of these teams are absolutely terrible. I do too, but I, why is Carolina given three? They, I, I made a Carolina one and a half, just split the difference, kind of like just give Carolina a little bit of advantage because Atlanta at least has to get on the, on a plane. Carolina's got long rest. Yeah. But who's playing quarterback for Carolina? Right. Like, we have no idea. Matt Ryan versus the Newton-Walker combo with no McCaffrey. I mean, who's beating you if you take out, if you take out one wideout, right? Who's beating you on Carolina? The the only thing that I will say to uh, to to just throw caution out there is Carolina beat Atlanta already this year in Atlanta with Sam Darnold playing a horrible game. Yeah. So that is the only thing I would be concerned. Carolina's defense is good enough to win that game on their own by accident. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying it's the uh, standalone greatest. You know, I'm standing by this pick above all else the rest of the season. I just can't understand why Carolina is given the full three. You know, Matt Ryan, he's shown some flashes of his old self. His, his QBR was 23.8 yesterday. I think that was tremendously accurate. He played just he just doesn't have it anymore. And there's nothing around him. I think when he had talent around him, he was very very good. Again, he's getting a little long in the tooth. I think his best days are certainly behind him. And were he on the right team with a lot of talent, I think he'd be okay. This is, you know, Cordero. Cordero how do you pronounce it? Cordero. Cordero Patterson yeah. really made a big difference, I thought, in that game. And I thought it was, that was going to be the difference and they would be able to cover that game, but it, but it wasn't. And, uh, I don't know. I just have no faith in this Atlanta team. I think they're absolutely horrible. But I, I you know, I mean, I don't know. The week off, are they going to help them? I, it's, the whole situation is weird, though. Matt Rule, five weeks into the season, I was thinking coach of the year, coach of the decade, coach of, <laughs> coach uh, of the decade. you know, uh, years to come. That and things have kind of fallen flat since that then. Joe Brady thing yeah. is the weirdest. That very strange, meanest thing. Yeah. Unless I'm missing something. I, I think it had to be some sort of personality conflict yeah. with. Either either him or management or something. Coming back, more Guessing Lines, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, speaking of that game tonight, and let me just sort of use that as a reflection of how the NFL handicapping will play tricks on you. So a week ago, here on Guessing Lines, I loved Buffalo. Loved them, based on my guess, based on what the line was. I said four. You said it was three. Then as the, as the weather forecast in Buffalo got to looking ugly, and by the way, that weather forecast right now is rain, not snow, but high winds right now. So I'm looking at uh, what's the, uh, you know, tonight over 20 mile per hour winds. So it could... I saw winds up to 55 miles an hour. Did you? That's what oh, a, a report I saw, I want to say late Friday. Wow. Okay. Well, so here's the deal. Either way, that benefits, you know, the high winds will will mean more running games. So I was sort of like, well, the Patriots have the better running game than the Bills. So maybe I'm sort of swaying towards the Patriots side. But then I, you know, Dr. Bob was on, and he was sort of saying on the Megapod last week, he's like, yeah, but both run defense is really good. It actually favors Josh Allen more than it does Mac Jones. So I'm back to the Bills side on this tonight. Well, I, I like the other side. Not not a lot, but I like New England going into the game. But the more I see the weather report, I think really Buffalo is a team. Josh Allen, drafting Josh Allen was for maybe not situations exactly like this, but I think he would be a bad weather quarterback. Comes from Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he's got a big, big, strong arm, can really run the ball when he has to. I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I think Allen wins the game with his legs tonight. I, I definitely like uh, Buffalo in the spot. I like Buffalo a lot tonight. I, know, I think Jones is from Florida. He's born and raised in Florida. Mac Played Jones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so not exactly Mr. Uh, Winter no. Wonderland. Is what no, I wouldn't think. Buffalo favored by three. I see some two and a half still out there, though. On yeah, the we had all, we have a ton. I mean, big some big, big bets on Buffalo minus a two and a half. So I'm at three. You know, it's one of those things we always talk about. It. I We do everything at 11 and 10 here at the South Point. I prefer to hold the whole number if, if I can. And in this case, uh, judging by the money, I can't. Although I wouldn't mind going into this game needing Buffalo. All right, back to Sunday morning, week 14. So far, I like Atlanta. What's next? Quick college note, Manny Diaz fired from Miami. Shocker. So that Nobody paves, saw that coming. That paves the way for Mario Cristobal to take that job. Why do they want him? Look, if you're going to pay someone $95 million, you got to be Mario Cristobal, right? What am I missing? Why? Well, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, the, the offensive coordinator from Oregon. Was it Moorhead? Joe Moorhead took the Akron job. Took the Akron job? Yeah. I mean, he was, he, he was, the, he had great success at Penn State as an offensive coordinator. Went to Mississippi State. Didn't do so good. Oregon, though, that's got to be a high paying job for an offensive coordinator. Now he's going to Akron. I think that tipped it off right there that somebody told him that the whole administration is going to change here. Boy, raise your kids to be college coaches. 
That's the lesson. What's next? Cowboys at Washington. Cowboys at Washington. The greatest rivalry in sports. This held up the last expansion and realignment because they had to preserve Dallas in the East. Yes. 100% they did. Yeah. It's the greatest rivalry in sports if this were 1982. Dallas 8-4, Washington 6-6. Six and six. Washington controls their own destiny not only to make the playoffs but to win the division. Washington currently the number six seed in the NFC. How about that? First of all, Dallas coming off uh, extra rest. They beat New Orleans, as we talked about on Thursday. Dak was 26 of 40 for 238. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked once. But Dak does not look healthy. Does not look completely healthy. There was a number of plays in that game where it looked like he could take off and run, and he just sort of chose not to. Plus three in turnovers in that game against the Saints. That was really the story. The, the, the Cowboys were only 2 of 13 on third downs. They were 0 of 1 on fourth. And it just looks like Amari Cooper on a pitch count that day just means so much of this offense he will be full strength one would imagine in this game against Washington and then there's the then there's the Washington football teamers from two and six to six and six how about them hogs sorry just got a little carried away with myself for a second uh Washington allowing 17.5 points per game during their four game winning streak Taylor Heineke yesterday in the Washington 17 to 15 win over the Raiders here at Allegiant Stadium. Taylor Heineke 23 of 30 for 196, two touchdowns, one pick, sack once. He's had seven touchdowns against just two picks over Washington's four-game winning streak. Antonio Gibson yesterday 23 for 88, touchdown catch as well. Washington does believe that their tight end Logan Thomas likely tore his ACL and his MCL during that win over Las Vegas yesterday. He'll undergo further testing to confirm the injury after the team has returned to Washington, which they have by now, so we'll get the word on that, but I think it's a fait accompli for their standout tight end. This is huge, and we'll get to the details of the Washington Raiders game when we get to the Raiders. But Washington found a way to get it done against yesterday. Heineke with another game-winning drive. Brian Johnson, who's Washington's fourth-place kicker of the season, hits a 48-yarder in the last minute of the game which I thought he had no chance of hitting, by the way. But he got it through. And then a a hand-fighting, can we call it, that was not called on Bobby McCain when Carr threw the ball up in the air for Tay Jones. Do you think there should have been a flag on that play? I think they ruled it correctly. I did, too. You? I would agree. I think yeah. so, too. Crowd didn't feel that way, Ashton. I can promise you that. No. Um, Dallas minus three and a half on the road. At Washington? Well, I don't want to say I like your number better. Say it. it just hang on now. <laughs> this is my segment now. Oh, sorry. Apologies. <laughs> it's, it's like a blanket five, and that's exactly what my numbers came to. Dallas five. But as I'm looking at it, I'm kind of with you. There's something wrong with Dak. He's not 100%. Yeah. There's some, I mean, they just they got four turnovers from Taysom Hill, and we're hanging on. That back door was wide open. Of course, I needed New Orleans. Uh you know, I, I I don't like the way this Cowboy team is playing. Like I said, my numbers come to five. It is five. That is what it is. Like I said, like a blanket. So I'm going to open five. But I got to tell you, kind of leaning towards Washington in this game. I don't like to play momentum in, in football and in, in the NFL. But right now they're looking like they're figuring out. And I do like Ron Rivera as a coach. And I think they're, they're figuring out some ways to win football games. One really ugly yesterday. And Tyler Heineke, I was um, – 
What was his QBR yesterday? Really good, 65.7. I was, there you go. I was surprised it was that high. But uh, I, I don't like the way Dallas is playing right now. I'm going to go with five. I think that is the right number. But I'm kind of, if I was out there playing, I think I would. Uh, I'd play Washington. It's amazing. He's, he's he's this franchise's best quarterback in a long time, and literally just off the street fell yeah. into their lap. Right. I was yeah. pretty, laying on his couch a year. Ago. Yeah. I mean, a year ago. Yeah. While they're playing in a, in a playoff game and played pretty well. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, give me the three of the – how much you – so you're posting five. five? Yeah, that's what it is everywhere. you yeah. got to play Washington. And the Washington defense is better without Chase Young this year. I love Chase that Young, is, but they're better without him. And what a remarkable athlete he is and was. Yes. Uh, he's yeah, Le- he's got to figure out the discipline part. He's LeVar Arrington, different position, but it's the same problem. Those guys were such great individual yeah. talents that they freelanced and – you can't do that. Yeah, I, I forget. One of the Steelers was talking today about, because their defense really played well, how they had to really maintain their, their discipline, and it's hard to do with Lamar Jackson. You know, But they had to maintain their discipline, keep in their alleys and all that. That's really important in NFL defense. Some guys just don't get it, though. Yeah. You know, and Arrington, you know, who I love, is a Penn State guy, but I kind of see your point there. And, and Young, if he figures it out, he'll be a Young, monster. Young will figure it out because he's a great kid who's who smart and loves that yeah. franchise. I'll never forget what Warren Sapp once in a pre pre warm ups pre game warm ups with a Levar Arrington Sapp said to Arrington he goes Mister can't get it right <laughs> I'll never forget Ooh. that comment let's let's squeeze in one here what do we got a, mi- a minute worth of uh, Houston hosting Seattle here Gil that's all we really need I mean oh, we'll talk God. more about Seattle uh, when we get to San Francisco but you know versus the San Francisco offense yesterday in the second half Seattle forced two turnovers. Had a safety allowed zero points. Fake punt touchdown to start the scoring in this game was the difference ultimately. And Houston, Houston has, you know, they've scored in single digits six times this season now. They get rolled yesterday. Um, they're two and ten. We'll talk more about this after the break, but I would say Seattle would be about a seven point favorite. Is that ridiculous? Oh no. It's 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 seven and a half. I see anywhere oh my seven God. and a half juice on the dog to eight. I'm opening eight. My numbers come to ten. I think this Houston team is abysmally bad. Abysmally bad. One of the worst I've ever seen in the NFL. They're that bad. I don't I don't think much of Seattle. I really don't. Even though I you know the wise guys bet them pretty strong last night. But you know, I'm gonna open eight. I'm gonna be at the high end of this market. I promise you that. All right, we'll talk a little bit about more about how bad Houston is after the break. And more. Guessing lines, numbers game visa, the sports betting network. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hour number two of a Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander, Chrissy Andrews, my Mishbucha. Here for Guessing Lines, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Um, we didn't uh, flesh out Seattle Houston. I don't think it deserves to be fleshed out. You said you're going to put up eight? Yeah. On Seattle. I'm just going to stay at the top of the market. How bad must Houston be if Seattle is an eight-point road favorite? Houston has scored in single digits six times this uh, mm. six times this season, including yesterday's uh, yesterday's defeat. Um, escaping me, who they lost to now already? Houston, who they lose to? Jeff yesterday? Colts. Colts, of course, got crushed, shut out. Um, Taylor. Terod Taylor was 5 of 13 for 45 yards. No touchdowns, one pick. Sacked twice. He got benched for Davis Mills. And Davis Mills proceeded to go 6 of 14 for 49. 
No touchdowns, no pick sack, twice. So I look at box scores every single game every week. They had nine first downs. I don't think I remember a game this year where a team had less than that. Yeah. Nine. Here's the two QBRs. Okay. Tyrod Taylor, 2.7. Davis Mills, 6.2. Wow. And everybody, I retweet a lot of Jeff Fogle. He has, like, great little synopses at the end of – well, major college games, but every pro game. And he, he really highlighted just how bad this Houston team is. And his last day, I think the last phrase he used was clearly, you know, a, 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 a franchise. Oh, God, I can't, I can't repeat it. But like an opening franchise, you know, how, how that's the way they play. They, they yeah. play a team that just had nothing from before the year and are still playing like that. They had nine first downs. They were three of 12 on third. They were zero of three on fourth. 141 total yards, 57 passing when you factor in all the sacks, 84 rushing, and they gave up 238 rushing, including 143 to Taylor, Jonathan Taylor himself. They were out time of possession, 41-35 to 18-25. Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah, so follow Jeff Fogel. I felt like a startup franchise or something like that. He he called them, you know, but boy. Startup franchise. Yeah, that's the way they played. I mean, they look just, there's no talent on this team. Bill O'Brien murdered them as a GM. Murdered them. He was a good coach and a horrible GM. Murdered them. What's next, Jeff? I think the telltale sign is that the Jets played a D uh, a C minus game at Houston two weeks ago and still managed to win. I think that should have been your your telltale sign of how bad the Texans are. Uh, we're going to uh, go higher up on your rotation sheets here in Nevada. Last one o'clock Eastern game, Raiders at Chiefs. Last in the early window, Raiders at Chiefs. Raiders six and six after that loss to Washington yesterday. Uh, remember, twelve teams with four, five, or six losses in the AFC. KC wins. They beat Denver last night, Sunday night football, and they had, they get to eight and four atop the AFC West, fourth seed currently with a twenty-two to nine win over the Broncos yesterday, covering the eight-point spread. Let's start with the Raiders. Derek Carr yesterday, sixth game this season with less than a three hundred yards passing. The Raiders are zero and six straight up in those games where he doesn't get to three hundred yards passing. He was twenty eight of thirty eight for two forty nine, no touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice. Darren Waller, of course, was out. That was the huge and really singular handicapping angle for me in Washington here. Renfro nine for one hundred two. Jacobs thirteen for fifty two on the ground and a touchdown. Nine catches for thirty eight. They outgained the Raiders. Did they outgained Washington three ten to two ninety eight? Hardly a barn burner of a game. So here's how it went down in case you missed it again. Daniel Carlson kicked a 37-yard field goal to give the Raiders their first lead of the game with 2.26 left, put the Raiders up 15-14. to That was after a Taylor Heineke pick. But Heineke engineers an eight-play, 44-yard drive where the Raiders should have had a pick but didn't. Brian Johnson off the street, Gonzaga High School, D.C. Uh, DC kid, 48-yard field goal. Puts Washington up 17-15 with 42 seconds left. First play from scrimmage for the Raiders. The car bombed to Zay Jones. No flag on Bobby McCain. I think it was the right no call. Little bit of a tug on the jersey. Little bit of hand fighting. You can't throw the flag there. Come on. Three plays later, Hail Mary broken up. Washington wins their fourth in a row. By the way, it was Trayvon Morg who uh, dropped that uh, would-be uh, would pick on the Washington final drive. Might have been a pick six, by the way. And as I mentioned, the Raiders did pick Heineke on the previous drive to set up Carlson's go-ahead field goal. Now there was KC last night. I don't know if you saw this game. Chiefs win their fifth in a row. 
They end up covering. They end up covering the first half. They end up covering the game. And Lord knows I don't know how. I don't care what anybody says. The analytics community is just so, so enamored of the Chiefs. They are not a good football team. They're good. They're not great. Let's put it that way. Mahomes was 15 of 29 last night for 184. No touchdowns, one pick, sack once. Four carries, 12 yards, and a touchdown. The Chiefs had 15 first downs in this game yesterday in victory. 15. That's it. They only had 267 total yards. Were outgained 404 to 267, but of course, they were plus two in turnovers, and that was the entire difference of this game. There was also a 20-play Broncos drive at the end of the first half that resulted in zero points, where I thought Vic Fangio and crew should have kicked a field goal and got some points on the board. They didn't and got stuffed. We'll get to that later. But the Chiefs won it 22-9. They're 8-4. and four. They're currently the number four seed. I don't think they're any good, meaning playoff good right now. You? No, no. Well, I'm going to let you finish, and I oh, have a no, couple I'm, comments. I'm done. I, I'd say Kansas. I put it in no man's land just because I don't know about Waller, but Kansas City minus five and a half is what I said. <laughs> I don't quite like your number better, but I think you're on the right track. It's nine and nine and a half. Stop it. My numbers come just to, stop it. My numbers come to eight and a half. Uh, but so I mean, I'm going to be on the low end of the market here. I'm going to use nine because I see plenty of nine and a half. That is the predominant number is nine and a half. So I'm going to be a half point under the market. Give me the Raiders. You know, I, I it's funny how this worked. So Ryan Grounding, a GM, he calls me like right at he's going to the rodeo. You know, big word, big rodeo central here. He's going to the rodeo. Calls me like you did <laughs> like ten to five. What? So we just had all the scores in. He says, "Who do we need?" I says, "Well, we need the dog. We need uh, we need Denver in the game because uh, all we had a lot of favorites win covered. So a lot of the parlays, everything's going to the favorite. Well, in that because la- all week they were betting Kansas City. I was surprised we actually needed uh, we needed the dog. We got flooded again with Denver money. Flooded again with a tons of Denver money uh, late last. So that's when Michael called me. He's wow, is that all we lost? I said, yeah, we want. I said when Ryan called me, we needed, mm. we needed Denver. But as you know, that was forty minutes till game time. Then it, it, we got flooded with uh, with money. So we needed Kansas City. But watching that game. They're not that good. No. You know, Mahomes is not playing well. What is it, like four straight games with one touchdown? Collinsworth finally called him out on the uh, the sidearm deal, too, at one point last night. He was like, you know what? I can't. Re- you can't really criticize Patrick Mahomes because obviously he's great and blah, blah, blah. But he said, he goes, you just don't have to do that every play. Yeah. Uh, you know, their defense is playing well. I'll give you that. And I think the Raiders are, you know, okay. I said I give. I made it eight and a half. I, you know, when I saw the nine and a half, I mean, not that I greatly disagree with the number because you're kind of in a little bit of a dead area there. But uh, I, I don't. I don't see this Chiefs being a great team right now. I think they are resting on past laurels. And the, and the notion that somehow the Kansas City defense is, is the good is the good part of this team now. Javante Williams crushed that defense yesterday. Crushed it. Like his his yards after contact were unbelievable. So I don't think really highly of the Chiefs in any respect. Give me all of them points. You're right. Yeah. I don't think the Raiders are a great football team, but I'll take the points. I think that I think that number is way too high. By the way, uh, I was talking about um, Jeff uh, Fogle. Yeah. 
great follow. But his his quote on Houston, expansion caliber performance. Yeah. I wanted to get that, was, that right because I thought he nailed it with that little phrase. As Buccaneers 76 written all over it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they are as bad as I've ever seen a football team. Houston we're talking about. I love the Raiders giving the points. Yeah, What's I, next, I kind of like them too. Well, keeping with the flavor of last night, Lions at Denver. This is the first uh, late window game. The Lions win, as we talked about, 1-10-1. On the season with that dramatic win over Minnesota that knocked out five of the remaining 28 survivors. They win it 29-27. to 27. Uh, They snap a 15-game winless streak. It was fourth and one at the Detroit 41, uh, 0-0 in this game. 9.58 left in the first quarter. They go for it. They failed to convert, and you figured, oh, it's going to be another Lions game. But we talked about it in the end. Golf, 25 of 41 for 296, three touchdowns, one pick, sack three times. Amon Ross St. Brown, 10 for 96 in that game-winning touchdown. The Lions were still only 2 of 11 on third down. They were only 1 of 3 on fourth. But here's their final four, their last four games. They tied with the Steelers, then they lost by three, they lost by two, and yesterday the win. So they've been competitive the last yeah. four weeks. But that last play, I'll say, I'll say it again. The corner, Dantzler, I don't know what kind of cushion he was given. And and Woods, the safety, you got to guard that minus five-yard line midway through the end zone. Like I you said, just you see to. a replay, they're backing up. I have no idea what that was. Denver, as we talked about, they were down 10-3 to yesterday. Uh, end of the first half, they, they run a 20-play drive that resulted in zero points. Took 12-16 off the clock in the second quarter. Oh, no, pardon me. It started with 12-16. First and 10 at their own three, all the way to the Kansas City nine with 107 left. So it was a more than 11-minute drive, resulting in zero points. Bridgewater, 22 of 40 for 257. One touchdown, two picks, sack once. Javante, 23 for 102 on the ground. Six catches for 76 and touchdown receiving. But the Broncos were minus two in turnover. And that was the story, even though they had gained KC 404 to 267. Denver by 10. It's still Detroit. It's pretty much eight everywhere. Hmm. Eight is like uh, I wouldn't quite say a blank, but it's uh, certainly the predominant number. My numbers only come to seven. I don't think I want to mess with Detroit. Like I said, you know, if I open seven and a half, you know, we sell half points probably less expensive than other places do, minus a quarter on the to buy it down to seven. So I'm going to open eight because I, you know, it is Detroit. But that, that team's playing better. You mentioned it. The last yeah. four games, they're, they're playing better football. They are. Jared Goff, his um, QBR last night, where they, uh, 45.6. So what's that, a C-minus, D-plus? Yeah, that's that's about as good as we're going to get out of Jared Goff. Detroit tied, lost by three, lost by two. One yesterday, last yeah. four games. More guessing lines, afternoon slate. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. We get tweets. At beating the book. Always appreciate the uh, the feedback here. Dale J. Matecki. Weather in Buffalo. Temps in the mid-30s and falling throughout. 20% chance of rain and winds. 20 to 30 with gusts of 40 plus. Yeah, I, like I said, the forecast I saw is up to 55 miles an hour winds. Yeesh. That's almost hurricane level. I know this is not the same thing, but when I went to school in Boston, we had 40 below wind chill my freshman and senior years. I, it's just inhumane. Yeah. Different story. And then Asian Lebowski, uh, in my mother's voice, Gilly, I would highly recommend against playing against professional athletes with a surgically repaired Achilles, no matter how pristine your technique. What is your fascination with this game? <laughs> <laughs> Love when tweeters imitate my parents. <laughs> I didn't go all out my mom uh, accent there. It was too long. All right, what's next, Jeffrey? We're in the afternoon slate uh, window here? Yes, we are. And uh, <laughs> the Giants are at the Chargers. Oh, God. 
Uh, Giants fall to four and eight. They lose to the Dolphins twenty to nine. We'll get to the Dolphins, who have gone from one and seven to six and seven, and for their efforts are still the thirteenth seed out of sixteen in the AFC. Giants yesterday, Mike Glennon, as Gruden pronounces it. <laughs> 23 of 44 for 187, no touchdowns, one pick, sacked three times. I was surprised that the line moved so much on the Daniel Jones news, but I guess it was justified, maybe. <sighs> I guess. I guess. Giants only had 16 first downs and 250 total yards, scoring a season-low nine points against the Dolphins in a 20-9 to loss to Miami. And then there's the Chargers. The Chargers go to 7-5. and What do we say before this game against Cincinnati? That everybody was super down on the Chargers. I even had people who were, who were tweeting at me, oh, Gil, you ready to admit that this game is over Brandon Staley's head? I was like, yeah, but if they beat Cincinnati, all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, the Chargers are going to win the AFC West because they have a tiebreaker right now with the Chiefs and have a chance to sweep them still. You think the Chiefs are good? Sorry, I got carried away. Seven turnover game yesterday. Three for the Chargers, four for the Bengals. Was not pretty. Fourth and goal at the Cincinnati 4, 11.35 left in the first quarter, 0-0. Touchdown pass, 6 to nothing. Chargers. Of course, in Chargers fashion, they missed the extra point. 9 to nothing. 4.35 left in the first quarter. Burrow hits Jamar Chase for what looks like a touchdown. He bobbles it and gets picked. Ensuing drive, 16 to nothing. After, after uh, Herbert hits Mike Williams for 47, setting it up. Chargers led by as much as 24 to nothing in this game yesterday. 24 to nothing over the Bengals. Cincinnati cut it all the way to 24-22. And then with 13.53 left in the fourth quarter, Joe Mixon fumbles. Uh, Christian Covington hit him. Tavon Campbell, 61 yards to the house. Staley wanted to go for two up eight. What was that? Gets bailed out by a false start, so they have yeah. to kick the, the extra point. They go up 31-22. to 22. Then after a three and out for the Bengals, it's 38-22 to 22 on the ensuing drive, and, there were, and then a Burrow pick on a second and goal with 8.07 left, and it was Katie Barr the door at that point. Subsequent turnover on downs over for all intents and purposes. 41-22 Chargers. Herbert ends up 26 of 35 for 317. Three touchdowns, one pick, sack four times. Williams, five for 110. Eckler always filling up the box score. 14 for 59 on the ground and a touchdown, but two fumbles lost. Five catches for 45. The Chargers defense, the much maligned Chargers defense, six sacks, four takeaways, and that fumble return for a touchdown. And now the Chargers are 7-5, and five, still a game behind the Chiefs, They've already beaten the Chiefs, and they got a game coming up against the Chiefs at home, although it's SoFi, so it'll be overrun by Chiefs fans. But you get the idea. Left for dead, the Chargers very much in the thick of it. I will say the Chargers will be favored by 10. Uh, you're right on. Uh, my numbers come a little lower. I'm looking at like 8 or 9, but, you know, I mean... I don't want Mike Glenn on for my money. And by the way, he had a concussion, so he's not 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, where he's not 100% cleared. Uh, we don't know about Daniel Jones. So, I mean, I definitely do not want to be low on this game. I'm not, I'm not crazy about the Chargers, though. I mean, I think, well, I think Herbert played great. His QBR yesterday, 80. So he was just behind, uh, I think Stafford and Brady had higher, slightly higher QBRs. But he played really well. You know, they, you know, they got a bunch of turnovers and all that yesterday, so I'm not sure how good they are, but I don't want to be on the low end here because I think the Giants are just horrible. And, uh, yeah. you know, wise guys have been on the Giants all year. They weren't yesterday, though. They got pounded on Miami. That was a bad were, game for Were us. they on the Eagles again? 
no. 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 Well, I, I, the Eagles off this week? Yeah, they're off. I was wanting to no, say. No, say against the Jets, were they? No, I'm, I but I wanted to yeah. say, are we sure Garner Minshew isn't as good as uh, Justin Fields? I don't know. That was a big move. You, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday via text, where we're sort of like, we, we, we sort of glossed over it before the season started. But it was it was interesting to a lot of us that Urban Meyer just moved Gardner Minshew along. Remember, there was a moment where you thought maybe Gardner Minshew starts a couple games and yeah. then they put Trevor Lawrence in. Even if they wanted Trevor Lawrence to start from the beginning, wouldn't it be great to have Gardner Minshew on your roster as a, as a backup? Because what has he ever done wrong in this league? And so here he is on the Eagles bench. And you think about, like, the Panthers went after Darnold. Wouldn't they have been better off with Minshew? Minshew has just been fine and actually really good whenever he's played. I was going to say, he's a good quarterback. He is. Yeah. And so, to answer your question, I'm not sure they're not better off. With I, you know, year. I know they, they gobbled it up, and I, it was one of those games, like, I'd left it on the parlay card. I didn't want I said, you know, first of all, it's the Jets. Yeah. You know, and secondly, Garner, are we sure Justin Fields is better than Garner Minshew? Uh, 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 Jalen Hurts better. I mean, Jalen Hurts yeah. is well, better. You know, that's, I'm not so sure. So Anyway, we get off track with the Eagles there, but what's yeah. next, Jeff? 49ers at Bengals. So the 49ers yesterday, what a disappointment. Was there a more disappointing team? Well, I guess the Vikings. Was there a more disappointing performance than any team than, than, than the Niners yesterday? I mean, this was pretty bad. 49ers, who were 6-5 and five, and in the number 6 position in the uh, NFC uh, playoff picture, their offense again in the second half, two turnovers, one safety allowed, zero points. They had a 95-yard drive at the end of this game that ended in a turnover on downs with 18 seconds left. They were down 30-23. to 23. They themselves had uh, forced two Seattle turnovers at the goal line in this game. So I guess it could have been worse. Six total turnovers in this game, three by both teams. Niners had 10 penalties for 86 yards. Garoppolo was 20 of 30 for 299. But two touchdowns, two picks, Zach once. Kittle's a monster. Nine for 181 and two touchdowns. He is so good. But the Niners just lay an egg against the Seahawks. Russell Wilson was 30 for 37 in that game. So the Niners fall to 6-6. Six and six. They're currently the number seven seed in the NFC playoff picture. And Cincinnati, as we just talked about, losing to the Chargers, it is Cincinnati's second loss this season. They're 7-5. and five, Only their second loss this season by more than three points. You may recall they lost to Cleveland by 25 earlier this season. Burrow was 24 of 40 for 300. One touchdown, two picks. He was sacked six times. Also dislocated his finger at one point. Higgins, 9 for 138 and a touchdown. Mixon, 19 for 54, a touchdown and a fumble loss. So this is probably, you know, is this a, it's not a de facto elimination game, but if the Niners lose, it may very well be. I'll say that Bengals by three, because I don't know what else to make it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say I like your number better, but my numbers come to two, Cincinnati. Uh, it opened, oh, let me just check, because I know I, I, I heard from one wise guy, he definitely took the Niners uh, plus the one and a half. It's down to one pretty much everywhere. This is a weird game. Uh, judging by the market, the, the wise guys bet against both these teams yesterday and got there. Mm-hmm. That was steam against both these and got there. Um. Well, I don't know. I I think I'm I'm going to open one and a half, take a bet. They'll probably bet me the Niners, but um, 
like I said, I'm respecting the market bet against both these teams. That sends me a signal. Neither of these teams are that good. See, I think this is like the New Orleans Saints. Like, I don't think you can bet this game pre-flop until you know Debo Samuel's status. Because yeah. un- until you know yeah. that, you don't know what you're betting here. Well, he's obviously a key, key guy. Yeah. Um, Bob Stoll, Dr. Bob, who was on the Megapod last week, he's got Samuel, like, me- matters, like a point and a half, two points to that team. Which well, is massive. For that, a that's massive for a non-quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But I, I, I do think that, you know, and bookmakers, myself included, tend to not rate those players as highly as they should. So, you know, I, I would tend to kind of agree with Doctor Bob. Yeah. Uh, Patterson for Atlanta was, Same you know, thing. another kind of, you know, something that we just kind of ignore more than we should. Yeah, uh, that's a. I mean, that's a good football game. San Francisco at Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a tough game to handicap. Really tough game to handicap. Super Bowl six, uh, 16 and 19 revenge. There you go. <laughs> is it 16 and 19? I can't remember. I think the it numbers. is offhand. <laughs> it's too soon? No. Um, that's a good game. That's a good afternoon game. And a lot of the country will get their uh, chance to see the Bengals for the first time in a long time. The Bengals at 7 and 5 again in that scrum in the AFC. Jeff, you said you did the whole playoff uh, machine and it's just complete chaos? Total chaos. Both conferences. Both conferences. Oh, yeah. All right. We got more games to get to, including the primetime games. Week 14 in the NFL. I like a lot. It scares me. Washington, Raiders, Falcons. Coming back. Numbers game. The Sports Betting Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Skill Alexander, Chrissy Andrews is here. My mishpucha from the South Point Hotel Casino. Jeffrey Parlay, producer number five and eight as well. Guessing lines. Last week I liked a lot and still will only get me, you know, like a three and two max week. 
Still searching for the, those elusive four and ones and five and O's. By the way, again, next week on the show, Joe Pita, in case you missed it, was one of the five survivor entries to go down yesterday with Minnesota in Circa Survivor. So 23 of 4,080 remain. Uh, he will tell his story next week on the show, and it is a... For, for those who are interested in knowing how to properly manage your money, I'm not talking about a hedge. I'm not talking about simple kind of things here. For those who are interested in knowing how someone treats their entry when you're down to the final 28 and your intrinsic value is over $200,000, you'll want to hear Joe's story, and that's only half the story. We'll leave the other half uh, for him to tell next week what a weekend, what a whirlwind it was. Spanky also on the show next week as well. Um, so good week next week here on the show. Yeah, two Jeff, great guests. Oh, I, I would tell everybody, pay attention. And Joe, you know, yeah, Joe's just a brilliant guy. He loves to ask me about sports, and I love to ask him about the market. He is a fascinating, yeah, yeah, he's a brilliant guy, super smart, no guy. doubt about it. What was your, you want, what was your, what's your come to you? I don't know if you want to say this on your comment when I told you, oh, Joe's one of the last twenty-eight. You're, right. I'm not going to, you're not going to, say. <laughs> it's say. All right, Jeff, what's next here? Are we still in the afternoon? Yeah, still in the afternoon. Uh, quick college note: Mario Cristobal has already met with the uh, his team, and they. Uh, He's down there. He's going to go to Miami. Guys, uh, look, just... I know that our performance against Utah was first rate, so they want me at Miami. <laughs> Got to so, go. So there you go. That's going to be announced later in the day there. Uh, good, good luck, Canes. That's all I'll say. Uh, to uh, the last game that is not in prime time, and it is a great one, Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Oh, that is great. They couldn't flex this to Sunday night. Yeah, well, why are they flexing if they're not flexing this? I'm going to say that CBS probably would had a would have had a a, a, a a small little fit. A conniption. Yeah, if uh, NBC took this one. Buffalo hasn't played. They play tonight, as you know, against the Patriots at what should be a fun football game in inclement weather. Who doesn't love that tonight? Tampa Bay beats the uh, Falcons. Tampa Bay has won as many games in Atlanta as Atlanta has themselves since the start of last season. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Brady, They're not uh, playing Atlanta this week, though, right? <laughs> uh, Brady uh, threw 17 passes the first 10.36 of this game yesterday. He was 14 of 17. At halftime, he had thrown 28 passes. He was 21 of 28 at the half for 2.17. Three touchdowns, one pick, though. And it was a big pick six for Marlon Davidson that, that made it a three-point game. I don't know what Tampa Bay was doing running plays towards the end of that half, but actually made it a ball game, at least we thought at the time. For the full game, Brady was 38 of 51 for 368, four touchdowns, that one pick, and no, no sacks. Um, lifetime against Atlanta, Tom Brady is 10-0 and straight up, 28 touchdowns, four picks. That includes the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You remember that Super Bowl? Oh, I do. Godwin, 15 for 143. He's a Falcons killer. What a career against the Falcons. Evans, 7 for 99. Gronk, 4 for 58, two touchdowns. Fournette, 13 carries, 44 yards, 7 catches, 48 and a touchdown. They were 8 of 13 on third down and 1 of 1 on fourth. Falcons just couldn't get them off the field. 30 to 17, Bucks win. Buffalo is at the Bucks. So sight unseen with the Buffalo Bills tonight. I'll just place mark it as Tampa Bay minus 4. It's more than 3, right? We'll tick more than 3? Well... It's either three with juice on the favorite, three and a half with juice on the dog. Okay. A little high. Uh, I, I made the number three. That's what I'm going to open. Uh, I expect a really good performance out of Buffalo tonight. I do too. Yeah, so that's why I think, you know, obviously we take these games down when when the Sunday night, when the Monday night teams kick off. 
We're going to take it down then. I expect a good performance. Like I said, it's kind of a borderline number, you know, juice one way or the other. So I'm going to open three, see what they want to do with that. I think it's a good number, but I got to tell you, I think, uh, you know, Brady looks really good. I mean, I think he had the highest QBR in the, of the day. You know, I'm 44 years old. Is that all? Yeah, where's my uh, – I got him here somewhere. Yeah, 82.4 for the day. I mean, it's – you know, I don't know. But, I, I mean, I think, you know, right now, gun to my head, if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner, I'd probably take Tampa. Hmm. But buff, but I only make it three. I think three is a good number in this game. Okay. Someone was on Twitter. I apologize for not uh, remembering who it was. But it was like, does Josh Allen have a direct path to the MVP? And their thinking was they get a national game against New England tonight if he plays well. And if he balls out here against Tom Brady next week, then all of a sudden he becomes, you know, right to the forefront. So yeah. I guess. It's two pretty big ifs, though. It is two pretty big ifs, but, but there is a path for sure. This would be his stage. They're showing, well, we're here in the studio. They're showing a couple things. One, T.J. Watt just disrupting that two-point yeah. conversion just enough. Made and, him change the angle a little bit by about a, a yard. Bit. Yeah. yeah, and it bounces off Andrew's left hand. Uh, 20 to 19 Steelers win it. The, and what they were showing in Lamar Jackson slams the helmet. They were showing before the last play again in the Detroit Minnesota game. Did, is, Jared Goff runs to the sideline before the final play. Four seconds left, the fourth and two at the 11. He runs to talk to Dan Campbell. And you almost think now in retrospect that the few words that he said to Dan Campbell were, Oh my God, the corner and the safety are playing so far off. I have to go to that side right now immediately. And Dan Campbell's like, I saw it too. Get out there. You almost think that that, I don't know that that was their exchange, but you wonder now in retrospect if that's yeah. what, like, I have to run and sprint and tell them what I'm about to do. Um, and that's why they were so pumped about it afterwards. Also, again, Dantzler, the corner and, and, uh, the woods, the, uh, safety. Just, I don't know what they were doing on that. By the way, let me just, this has nothing to do with betting, but Dan Campbell deserves a shout because we were all crushing him before the season started, about the knee-biting and all that and how Neanderthal this guy was. And here they are. They were 11 games into the season. They hadn't won a single football game. And this poor guy endured it all, and they finally win a game. Uh, His players give him the game ball. They've waited 12 weeks, 12 games to win a football game, and instead of making it about himself, he immediately talks about what happened in Oxford with a tragedy that happened there yeah. and the shooting. Yeah. And you, you do have to, I know it has nothing to do with betting, but I, I, you know, give let's, because we were so rude to him before the season started, let's praise Dan Campbell to just sort of, you know, make things right. That was an extremely classy move yesterday. Congratulations to the lions. And for those Viking survivors, just yeah. what a bitter way to lose. I find myself kind of rooting for Dan Campbell. Me too. I, I find my, and I, I was one of those guys. I thought, what a caveman. Me this guy too. Is. I Knuckle was too. Dragger, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But this team has played hard. You, you mentioned the last four games. They, they're, they're not that bad. They're playing well. Yeah. I don't, you know, needs to get, he has to make sure he probably needs a new quarterback. I'm not <laughs> he sure needs a new get, quarterback. He you know, does. I, I'm not sure what his staff. You yeah. know, he's got to get a good staff around him because I'm not. You know, I'm just not sure his total abilities as a coach. But I think every, I would say that about every coach in the NFL and college probably too. What's next here, Jeff? Sunday night. The Bears at the Packers. That's the Sunday night game. That is your Sunday night game. Oh. Chicago loses to Arizona yesterday. Arizona remains. The best, having the best record in all in all the land, ten and two. But Chicago falls to four and eight. Chicago's two and zero versus Detroit this year, and two and eight versus the rest of the NFL. Dalton was twenty six for forty one, two twenty nine, two touchdowns, and four count them four picks. 
Not every one of them was his fault, but boy, the ones that were were bad. Sacked three times. Montgomery, 21 of 90 on the ground, a touchdown, eight catches for 51 yards. So he filled up a stat sheet. But they were minus four in turnovers. Those four interceptions were everything. All four led to Arizona scores. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. That'll do it. Katie barred the door, 33-22 Arizona. Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay coming off a bye. 13? That's exactly what I made it. It's 12 and a half. I uh, saw so 113 with heavy juice on the dog. I'm going to open 13. I'm going to take a bet. I'm sure they'll bet me on this one, a key number like that. They'll probably come in. But come Sunday night, I'm probably going to be rooting for the Bears. You know, I just no Lucky way. you. Yeah, lucky me. I mean, I mean Dalton was ridiculous. Uh, I've always been kind of a supporter of Dalton. I thought he got wrapped too much. But 11.6 was his QBR yesterday. He looked horrible. And... Uh, you know, Green Bay, you know, I said, gun to my head, I would probably take Tampa to win the Super Bowl. If I couldn't take Tampa, I'd probably take Green Bay. You know, I think they're 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 pretty unassailable, aren't they? Their defense is really good this year. too. Defense is good. I know they've had problems on the offensive line. You know, I, they that may get better. Uh, back to Ari. Uh, any word on him, Jeff? Do you know if he's coming back yet? Yeah, he's supposed to be. Jeff's got the. I can't believe you put me on the buck. Sorry, Jeff. I'm trying to give you some airtime here, you know. But I think he's supposed to be back at some point. You know, we just had the week off for Green Bay. You know, I think he would make a big difference. But I'm going to open 13 here. You know, the Bears, they just don't have it. And I think Green Green Bay's good. They're well coached. Rodgers playing terrific football. Uh, You know, I. I think this is a very formidable team going down the stretch. That's a brutal Sunday night game. Though if I'm thinking correctly who we've left out, it must be a very good Monday night game. It is a good Monday night game. We will get to that. Coming back, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and we'll tell you what we like in retrospect. Neil Alexander, Chrissy Andrews, uh, before we get to the Monday night game, this coming down now, Medina Spirit, mm-hmm. Kentucky Derby winner, and then subsequently DQ'd. Well, Ray Pollock, I think, has a guy I follow on Twitter, racing guy. Kentucky Derby first-place finisher. First-place finisher. That's what he's calling it. Right. Yeah. Uh, has died of a heart attack. After wor- a five-for-a-long workout this morning. Yeah. So my only question to you, because you're a horse guy, yeah. is... This is going to be a storm, and you know the kind of storm I'm talking about yeah. today, right? Yeah. About this? Because this is a Bob Baffert horse? It's a Baffert horse, and the, you know, the, the word it was proven that he was not injected with any drugs. You know, I think that's a Baffert quote myself, that it was proven. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, not, it's certainly not a good thing for racing. I can tell no. You that. That's an ongoing story. Um, just coming down now. So RIP Medina Spirit. Uh, let's get to the Monday night game, Week 14, National Football League. Really good one here, Gil. Really good one. A- NFC West battle between the Rams and the Cardinals in Arizona. There you go. Two straight Monday night games on paper tonight's and next week's that look great. The Rams 8-4 and four after that drubbing of the Jaguars yesterday, 37-7. Arizona 10-2 and two after beating the Bears. 33-22 to 22 yesterday. Arizona with the best record in all of football. But these two teams, Cardinals, excuse me, uh, Rams and uh, Cardinals, along with the Cowboys, the Bucks, and the Packers, we've just assumed all five of those teams are going to be in the NFC playoffs. We've assumed it for two months, and nothing really has dented that. 
though Washington might have something to say about that with Dallas. But the Rams are at the Cardinals. So the Rams yesterday, Stafford was 26 of 38 for 295, three touchdowns, no pick, sack once. Sony Michelle, 24 for 121 and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, 8 for 129 and a touchdown receiving. Arizona, with that win over Chicago, they're on a seven-game road winning streak. They have won all seven of those games by double digits. All of them by double digits. That matches the 84 Niners. That was the uh, the 84 Niners was uh, a Super Bowl winning team, if I'm not mistaken. Super Bowl 19, the team that beat the Bengals. 68 Cowboys and the 35-36 Bears. You remember that team, Oh, Chrissy? yeah, Sid Gilman. Yeah. yeah. So I still vote for him MVP every year because <laughs> Chicago's never been able to replace him. Still their finest quarterback. Um, Tribesman, by the way? Mishbucha? Uh, I, I think so. Sid Gilman? Uh, gotta be. Uh, yeah. Gotta be. Sid Gilman. By the way, only the 41-42 Bears had more road wins by 10 points or more in a row. They had nine in a row. So Cardinals doing big things, obviously. Kyler Murray yesterday only completed 11 forward passes. 11 of 15 for 123. Two touchdowns, no picks, sack once. 10 carries for 59 yards and two touchdowns, though. So two, th- two throwing, two rushing. Cardinals only needed 14 first downs and 257 total yards to beat the Bears. Why? Because of those four Andy Dalton picks, plus four in turnovers. So the Rams are another interesting one. We're talking about how the Chiefs are flawed. I don't know about this Rams team. I just don't. I think Arizona's more than a three-point favorite. I will say cautiously four and a half. Okay. I like your number better. My number's come to five. Kind of dead man's zone there. It's two and a half with some juice on the favorite, three with juice on the dog. Dude. I'm definitely putting the mark next to Arizona. Yes, here. me too. I tell you, I do that grading system. I always joke. It's not essay questions. It's you know, very much math, well, mathematically based. Uh, Arizona's still at the top of the list. And the Rams, I mean, I think they've shown some flaws. They beat a very flawed team yesterday. Beat them badly, but still a very flawed team. Arizona just keeps winning and winning. Now, I do think, and I, I mentioned that if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner, I didn't mention Arizona. Did not. I mentioned Green Bay and I mentioned Tampa Bay because I think if we do get into the playoffs, we're going to probably have some sort of matchup between those guys. Still have my questions about Kingsbury as a coach. Still have my questions about Murray as a quarterback, although he's played fantastically. But who would he be going against? He's going against either Brady or Rodgers. And I think the coaching for those guys, Matt LaFleur for Green Bay, and uh, Bruce Arians for Tampa, I think, is heads above the, the coaching staff for Arizona. All that being said, I like Arizona a lot in this game. I think they handle this Rams team. Me too. So this terrifies me because I like four games a lot. I like lot. three. I like three. Who are your three? I like the Raiders. Me too. I like Detroit. Ooh, okay. And I like the Cardinals. Me too, on well, the Cardinals. So I like the Raiders and the Cardinals, who you mentioned. Raiders catching all those points against the Chiefs. Cardinals giving just two and a half against the Rams. Mm-hmm. The other two I like, though not as much as those two, is Washington catching the three in the hook against Dallas. No, they're catching five. Five, pardon me. Three in the hook was my guess. Five against Dallas. And Atlanta catching a full three against Carolina in the poo-poo platter of five and seven teams. But those are the four I like. Jeffrey, 
Well, since the Giants could very easily be starting Jake Fromm in an NFL game on Sunday, we're, uh, I like the Chargers laying 10. doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. And Arizona, I, I, we already saw Arizona whip up on the Rams once. There's no reason to think that won't happen a second time. That's right. We did see that already. That was, remember when we were going through outcomes, the first half of the year, that's the, that was the biggest outcome maybe of any game. Cardinals just destroying the Rams on the road at that time. So yours again are, real quick, Jeffrey, are Chargers? Chargers and Cardinals. Chargers and Cardinals. All right, and then teaser legs, just a first sort of gander, if you will, at teaser legs here. Just want to use the word gander. Uh, I guess, well, tonight, obviously, New England is one, but that's this week. But as far as next week is concerned, not a Wong teaser, but I guess you could tease New Orleans down to just beat the Jets outright. Still got to hear about Camara there. Uh, Baltimore teased up. Yeah, I think that's a good tease. Against you tease Cleveland, that up. Yeah. through the three and the seven, so you're catching yeah. like eight, eight and a half at Cleveland. And there's Cleveland. two and a halves out there, yeah, so you can get to eight and a half there. Seattle, although they're a road team, mm. teased them down through the seven and the three against Houston on the road. Detroit, you already love Detroit against the numbers, so I guess you... Oh, no, pardon me. Denver down. Pardon me, not Detroit. You can Detroit. go Denver down. Denver I mean, down. But the you know, if you go three. Detroit up, I mean, that's a low total. I mean, obviously, we have to look at the weather, uh, which could be uh, significant in Denver this time of year. But total's pretty low, 42-and-a-half. So I think teasing teasing them up might, you know, you get up to 14 there. That's pretty well, decent. Right, but Wong teaser. Like, that's not a Wong teaser. Yeah, Wong teaser, Denver down through the 7 and the 3. And then that's kind of it right now, unless you see the 2-and-a-half on the Rams, in which case you could choose that up through the three and the seven. 49ers, too. Did I skip the 49ers? Yeah, 49ers. Oh, uh, 49ers, too. Correct. So, through, yeah, well, not quite. Right? Well, just yeah, go there, to the there might, you, you could probably find, well, you can find a one and a half in my store. If you find a one it, and a as half. As long as it lasts. Might not last long. I like when you call it a store. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half. Yeah, that would be another one. I mean. Go back to the old days when my Uncle Jack had a candy store. <laughs> Did he have a candy store? He had a candy store. Really? Yeah, they wrote real tickets out of the back. He got a ticket. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how much candy he sold. Probably not a lot. Those are all the potential teaser legs. And we used to we used to get into potential survivor picks, but now, man, like who knows what everybody has left. It's only 23. I haven't done the deep dive yet. But obviously the biggest spreads on the board would be Kansas City hosting Las Vegas. Forget it. Don't get frisky with them. New Orleans is six at the Jets. Tennessee 10 hosting yeah. Jacksonville. I think everybody has Tennessee available. I think a lot of guys saved them, yeah, because they yeah. had such a tough schedule early on. It was tough to play them. But is there a Christmas consideration for Tennessee? There is. Oh, I think there is, yeah. Seattle 7.5 at Houston. Is this where people pull the trigger on Seattle? Maybe so. Denver, as we just mentioned, 8 hosting Detroit. Maybe they pull the trigger on Denver. If anybody has Green Bay left? Chargers 10 hosting the Giants is huge, too, in Green Bay, as you said. 12-and-a-half hosting Chicago. Those are the biggest. This league is uh, is nuts. And, again, for those Viking survivor players yesterday, oh, what a bitter pill to swallow that was. Yeah. Most surprising outcome yesterday in the end? Was it, was it the Niners' performance? Most surprising? It's got to be the Vikings, I guess, right? Because I, I couldn't believe that was only seven all week. And yet... There's a reason it wasn't. It was only seven all week, I guess. Boy, the Vikings. All seven losses by a grand total of 28 points. At some point, you are what you are. Yeah. Thank you, Chrissy. Appreciate it as always. And Zimmer will be looking for a job. Yeah, you think so. 
Thank you to all. Good luck with all your uh, bets week 14 and beyond. The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi next at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Enjoy. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.